You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, game day here in the Crescent City, TNT National TV game for your New Orleans Pelicans, taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, 6.30 instead of 7, moved up half an hour because of the national TV schedule. Should be a fun one seeing Giannis here in New Orleans. We will touch on that one coming up in just a few minutes, but before that, that. Yeah, trade deadline talk. I promise it all for you. We're going to dive into it today. We'll first take a look at the assets the Pelicans have, what they could do, the different directions they could go, and who's maybe expendable, but also maybe why not um, and why you might not move any of those guys too. We'll then take a look at some realistic trade targets for New Orleans guys. They could conceivably go after that fit a need, make some sense, um, and all of that. Again, realistic, reasonable is maybe the best way to put it. And then I'm going to throw one out there that got um, put up to me uh, by someone else, and I'll mention his name when we get to it, um, that I thought was kind of intriguing and from a number of reasons not even necessarily the play on the court this season so let's dive into it all in today's edition of locked on pelicans all right so what does the Pelicans' situation look like well it's it's interesting because they have a ton of future draft capital that they could use and when you look at this roster with three young guys already on it in jackson hayes Nikhil alexander walker and of course zion williamson plus Didi Luzada, who's playing down in Sydney this year in the Australian League, that's a lot of youth going into next year. Maybe you don't want to use some of the picks that you have because, frankly, you can only have such a young roster before you're not really going to be competitive. And I think that's something that the Pelicans realize. They definitely value veterans, guys like Drew Holiday, guys like J.J. Redick, Derek Favors, and the like. So that's where it gets a little bit interesting when you look at the future draft stuff because, you know what, there's potential to have three second round picks next year. They have one from Milwaukee, one from Washington through Milwaukee, and then their own. That's a lot. Plus their own first round pick, plus the potential, which is not going to happen, of the Cleveland Cavaliers 2020 first round pick. Now that's top 10 protected. It's going to fall in the top 10, meaning that it then converts to two second round picks, a 2021 second and a 2022 second. That's a lot of second-round picks over the next two years. So would it be in the best interest of the team to maybe move some of those picks out, send out some salary, and maybe try and upgrade one of those guys? And it sounds right in theory. The problem is I just don't see how that's going to work or why they would do it, and there's a number of reasons. One, there's not much salary cap space around the league next year. So these expiring contracts don't really give a ton of teams value because it's only bad teams that are going to have salary cap space. And even moving and expiring isn't going to get anyone significant amounts of cap room. So you're likely not going to get anyone of value in return. But 
On the other hand, keeping those guys, a guy like Etwan Moore, a guy like Derek Favors, and letting him expire, if there's not a lot of cap space out there, you probably are in the front running to bring them back and to re-sign your own guys and maybe at a little bit better value than you would have expected otherwise. So maybe it's in their best interest to keep a guy like Etwan Moore, let him expire, and then re-sign him for six, seven million a year. Same thing with Derek Favors. I don't know if he's going to get $20 million a year like what he's making now, basically rounding up. Maybe you can re-sign him less than that if he doesn't really have a big market out there um, in the NBA free agency. So I think there's a lot of value in keeping these guys. Now, you don't have tons of minutes for some people on this roster, but a guy like Etuan Moore has played very well for New Orleans, and just letting him walk I don't think makes a ton of sense, particularly with how the team kind of rallies around him, Drew Holiday in particular, and I think there's a ton of value in there. So yes, you'd like to send out some of those second-round picks, maybe level up a slight bit from Etuan Moore, but I just don't know if you're going to find a dude for that amount of money that's playing significantly better than Etuan Moore is right now. And so I think that's worth keeping in mind. The other thing is you can always package those second round picks at the during the draft if you need to and just kind of move them around. You saw the Pelicans do this two years in a row, selecting um, Chick Diallo and Frank Jackson. They traded two second round picks for a f- uh, further up second round pick, a higher second round pick. I think that's where you're likely to kind of combine and move some of those. And also, I don't think teams are really that upset if a second round pick doesn't fully make their roster. Also, you now have the G League league team where it's not an issue of roster spots because you can just assign him to the G League team. He's still working with your guys. He's still in your system. And I think that's a pretty good and reasonable option too for some of these second round picks that they might have and might want to use. So I don't see them necessarily kind of moving some of these guys. And I think it's just better to hold on to them. Also, as Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks on Twitter bring up, sign-in trades are more popular now than we've seen in a while. There's some limitations and restrictions with them. But you you know what? You might be able to then trade a sign and trade a guy like Etwan Moore or Derek Favors uh, for someone else and at least get an asset back in return and also still see how they maybe fit with your team going on the rest of the year. And I think that's kind of what the Pelicans are looking at doing. So again, I just don't see moves. And again, it's in theory nice to package each one more with a couple of seconds and you get something good. I just don't think you're going to get something that good. And I don't know if it's going to be better than each one more, even if his minutes have been sporadic. So that's kind of where the team stands and why maybe making a move isn't as pressing of a need as you might think it would be. But what could be some trade targets? Let's have some fun with it. It is the trade deadline. We can get a little bit silly. And I promise we'll get extremely silly here in a minute. But let's take a look at some of the realistic targets that the team could go after. Guys that other teams are going after too. But before we do that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team and Zion Williamson. It's been a lot of fun since he's been back. It's going to continue to be a lot of fun. So make sure you stay up to date with all of the news by subscribing wherever you get your podcast from. Tell a friend as well, get them clued into the podcast and leave a five-star review with a comment. It is a uh, big help to everything. So Locked On Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from. So now we know where the Pelicans kind of stand with everything, why they're unlikely to make a move, but what are names they should go after? Should they want to kind of make a splash and what would be some of the reasoning behind it? There's a couple of names. I don't think any of these are going to kind of be earth shattering or groundbreaking to you, but clearly there's a need in the front court in some capacity. You have Derek Favors, you have Zion Williamson. 
And that's kind of it right now. Clearly, Ingram should be playing at the three instead of the four. You have Nicolo Melli, who can do some things, but it still remains to be an unknown and hasn't been very consistent. Jackson Hayes was supposed to be a redshirt this year and has proven to be rough on the defensive side of the ball as well as rebounding, though he does a number of things well. Um, but if you're looking to make a playoff run or even be a playoff team next year, well, then getting someone now who can help you with that a little bit more seems to make sense and just kind of solidify that rotation. And then guys like uh, Jackson Hayes and even in the backcourt and Keel Alexander-Walker can get kind of spot minutes um, without playing sometimes as big of roles as they've been playing. So the number one name that you'll likely hear about at the trade deadline is going to be Robert Covington of the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a guy that fits on most playoff teams, most playoff contenders, as a guy who can shoot the three, he can defend. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He makes a reasonable amount of money and just kind of fits into the front court. He can play the three as well, kind of wherever you want to use him. Um, and I think that kind of helps them a little bit more. So a guy like Robert Covington would make a lot of sense. On the season, he's averaging 12, 13 points per game, six rebounds, along with taking six and a half threes per game, making him 35% of the time. He's a career 36% shooter from deep. So it's a reasonable guy to kind of go after. He's that vet presence. He kind of gives you a little bit of toughness that you'd like to see. He's making around $11, $12 million the next couple of seasons, $12 million the next couple of seasons. That fits in what you want. He's on a long-term contract, so you don't need to worry about not having cap space. You can still go over the cap to re-sign guys like Brandon Ingram and others, and it won't be losing a piece by giving some up of those second-round picks. However, because he's in such high demand, I just don't see the Pelicans necessarily giving up a lot of those long-term future assets for a guy like this, though in theory, it would make a lot of sense. But supposedly, you've got teams like Houston wanting to go after him, probably Boston, I would guess as well, a little bit, and a number of other guys. So he's very good and can kind of give you what you want with his length and the defense that he gives you, another perimeter defensive threat, which I think is a very big thing. So he's been excellent um, so far this year, and I expect he should get traded if Minnesota wants to uh, kind of blow up their roster, and they should. But well, I don't think it's going to end up being to New Orleans. Another power forward they could go after would be on the Sacramento Kings, who are really bad right now and just need to kind of blow everything up. And they should be looking more towards the future and trying to acquire some assets. And maybe a couple of second round picks and some expiring salary would help them with that. And Nemanja Bialica is the guy that I'd go after there. He's averaging this year a career high 12 points per game. And it's just kind of enough of a score that you can go out and play with him and he can space the court much more so reliably probably than Nicolo Melli does. He's shooting 43% from deep this season. He's a career 39% three-point shooter. Moves the ball just enough, averaging almost three assists per game. That He's not kind of that black hole on offense. And this year, he's been pretty good, actually, for them. Again, career-high numbers. And he's had a couple of games where he's gotten into the 30s. He's had two of those. A couple of games getting above 20 points per game. So as a complimentary guy, that's probably where he's better suited, but has potential for explosive that we don't necessarily see from some of the rest of the role players here in New Orleans. Again, you just need someone that kind of stabilizes the rotation a little bit, and he kind of fits that bill. It's an unexciting move. 
it's not one that is going to be like, oh, that's what's going to get you into the playoffs. But he's cheap. He's only going to be he's going to be under contract next year for seven million dollars. So it's not like he kind of wrecks anything or limits flexibility. Not that anyone really would, but I think it would make a lot of sense. Again, court spacing big that maybe you just like a little bit more so than um, Nicolo Melli. And his rebounding numbers are okay. He's grabbing 6.4 boards per game. He's doing this all in 28 minutes per. He doesn't have a very high usage rate. That's kind of what you're looking for in a guy like this. So overall, I think you could do worse. I think he could be pretty cheap if you wanted to make a move for another big. Um, he is definitely a guy to look at. Another name to keep in mind comes from a division rival. This is Damari Carroll from the San Antonio Spurs. I think this would be a huge, huge long shot um, because they want to try and make the playoffs, but it sounds like they're looking to maybe rehome him like he's a animal that's been returned, I guess. Guy kind of plays on the wing, can give you a little bit of defense there, some scoring there. He's a very established NBA veteran. Um, he's been in the league for 10 years. He's averaging so far this season not much of anything. Two points per game in 15 games and hasn't been getting significant minutes this year, nor should he necessarily be. But this is a guy whose per 36 minute career averages are, you know, 13.6 points per game and he shoots it 36% from deep. That's not too bad. Um, the thing here is you need to give up a guy like each one more. And I just don't know if that's significant enough of an upgrade to do it. Um, or a guy like Darius Miller and some second round picks. But if the Spurs want to make the playoffs, they're not going to give him up for a guy that isn't playing. And so this one's likely going to be a long shot. And I don't think is really going to, um, matter whatsoever in this one though. The idea doesn't sound terrible to me. I just don't think it's all that great. Um, he also does grab 6.5 boards per 36 minutes career. It's good. That fills kind of a lot of what the Pelicans are looking for in this one. I just don't really see it happening. And then the final name I want to bring up, and this would be if you move a guy like Jalil Okafor in a second round pick or two, probably one would do it, would be Denzel Valentine of the Chicago Bulls. It's not an expiring deal, so I don't know if it really fits what New Orleans is looking to do that much. I think they'd like to bring in guys who uh, are on contract a little bit longer but this is a backcourt player who can kind of slide in and do a little bit of everything that you need none of it necessarily particularly well um, but he can play on the wing which I think kind of helps so you've got a guy who's averaging very little per game just six points per game uh, alongside one assist he's doing this in just 12 minutes but last year when he was playing closer to 28 minutes per game 10 points five rebounds three assists those can be some stabilizing numbers I just, again, think they trust guys like Frank Jackson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker more than they would um, a guy like this that's somewhat of a reclamation project. But if you cheap, you could go and do it, and you kind of move a guy that isn't playing in Jaleel Okafor for one that maybe at least would in Denzel Valentine. But like I said, it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline for New Orleans. I don't know if we're going to get kind of uh, fireworks and sparks going from any team in the NBA right now, but certainly things are starting to gather steam. And there's one name that you've heard rumored to the Timberwolves, rumored to the Knicks, which kind of makes me laugh. I'll mention his name in a minute and present an intri somewhat intriguing offer, more not for this season, but for the next couple of years. 
But before I get to that, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great Locked On advertisers working with us at the Locked On Podcast Network to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Pelicans is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Pelicans fans just like you. Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Pelicans fans in a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Pelicans. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. So before we touch on the game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, I want to throw out a kind of wild idea for you. And this came from Wes Goldberg. He's the Warriors beat writer for the San Antonio Mercury News and also the host of uh, Locked on NBA and Locked on Warriors. And he threw this idea out to me and he was kind of curious to see what I thought. And I think you guys can probably guess my answer, but it's more of an intriguing question um, than I was expecting. Would I do Drew Holiday for D'Angelo Russell, the young guard over there for the Golden State Warriors who they signed in the sign-in trade with the Nets for Kevin Durant? So this is legitimately intriguing. So say the salaries match and you can just do one-for-one swap because I think that's kind of what it would be. I don't know if you would necessarily need to include a pick going to the... Um, Warriors or coming back from the Warriors um, because they are clearly making this move for the future, trying to pair Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Drew Holiday, and Draymond Green together. And the positional kind of flexibility you get with some of that, not the worst idea. And you have a guy that works better off ball than on ball like D'Angelo Russell does. So D'Angelo Russell this year, by the way, averaging 24 points per game uh, for the Golden State Warriors, 6.3 assists and four rebounds. He's shooting uh, 38% from deep on almost 10 attempts per game and 43% from the field overall. He's also shooting 78% from the free throw line, which is just right at his career averages. So if you do this trade, you immediately get worse on the defensive side of the ball. And I think this season, if you kind of rule out making the playoffs, which we talked about yesterday, maybe we need to start doing that, I don't think is a big deal. And this kind of locks in D'Angelo Russell with the rest of your young core and guys like Zion Williamson, um, Jackson Hayes, and Nikhil. And if you look at his salary, he's getting paid $28 million this year. He's going to get 28 and a half the year after that, then 30, then 31 in the 2022-23 season. It's a lot of money to commit to that guy. You're really looking at kind of going forward with him, Zion, and Brandon Ingram as your three-man core. It's guard, wing, and a big. There's worse things you could do. Now, uh, you know, I, I, I threw this out to some people and some of the guys in our Lockdown Pelicans group chat. One said, um, Jason Quigley said, I, I just hang up the phone. I'm not going to go that far. I don't know if you want to have D'Angelo Russell, who likes to take shots, there taking the ball away from Zion Williamson. And what does it do to Lonzo Ball then if you were to make this trade? Um, and D'Angelo Russell's taking 19 shots per game. But it's intriguing because you know what? It gives you a lot more flexibility in the future, I think. There's almost no way we kind of feel, at least right now, and we've got a ways to go, that Drew Holiday is going to be here beyond this current contract. Now, we could be wrong about that. Maybe we hope we're wrong about that. 
But this kind of locks in a guy for longer than Drew Holiday is locked in for. And it, what should be a pretty reasonable salary, $30 million in that final year of his deal, is going to be eminently movable when you look at some of the other things that we're seeing out there. So I don't hate that when you kind of look at it that way. So I think that's a really big, important part of it too. And then you could just trade him for a variety of pieces either way. Supposedly, you're having the Timberwolves look at trading Robert Covington and some other stuff for him. Well, if you get D'Angelo Russell now, you do decide that Nikhil is your point guard of the future in a year or two, and you trade D'Angelo Russell in with two years remaining on his deal, you can get maybe two or three players that are better fits for your team overall and maybe provide you some more depth further down the line than you necessarily would with Drew Holiday. So I think it's an intriguing idea, and I'm curious to see what you all think. Let me know on Twitter, of course, at Nola Jake. I don't think this is going to happen whatsoever. I don't think Drew going to the Nuggets is going to happen or the Heat, even if they make like gargantuan offers. And those gargantuan offers to even get him to make to, to pull a trigger on a trade David Griffin, they'd need to be probably more so than what we're thinking now. Plus, Holiday likes it here. He's happy here. And I think they want to kind of do right by him and not move him if he doesn't want to get moved. So there you go. One kind of crazy trade in D'Angelo Russell for Drew Holiday and some other targets that include some expiring salary and some second round picks in some sort of capacity uh, that are maybe more realistic. But I think the team wants to just kind of roll with who they have. So didn't even get to touch on the Bucks tonight, but they're taking on the Pelicans here in the Smoothie King Center, TNT 630. Enjoy the game. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to break down the game. We'll keep talking NBA trade deadlines. We're bound to get new rumors between now and then. 